Have you ever thought about making a twist front top or dress? This was the first technical challenge in the latest series of the Great British Sewing Bee. It looked quite complicated for the first task, but the garments that they made looked absolutely gorgeous. So it made me think about the first time I made a twist front garment, and I wanted to share that experience with you today, so stay tuned to find out more. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Sew Mindful podcast, where we dig into the tips and topics that will help you have great fun making clothes that make you feel fabulous. I'm your host, Jackie Blakemore of So Much More Fun, and I can't wait to share this week's illuminating episode with you. So let's roll the tape. Hello, my lovely. Thank you so much for dropping in. It's so great to see you. So today I want to talk to you about making a twist front dress. At the time when I made my first twist front dress, I was finding it really difficult to find garments that had a bit of a wow factor but weren't really complicated to make. When I made my first twist front dress a few years ago, I was desperate for dresses that I could wear for work that looked smart but were still comfortable. But I didn't want them all to look the same, so I was looking for styles and patterns that would add a twist. (laughs) See what I've done there? I also wanted to see how those types of patterns worked because I had tried pattern drafting but there wasn't really anything in the books that I had that covered how to do a twist top so I was quite interested in how that would work. So my first twist dress pattern came from the Tilly and the Buttons stretch book. I got that book when it came out in 2018. I was hugely inspired by Tilly when she was on the Great British Sewing Bee back in 2013. She was the first role model that I'd seen that had gone from a normal day job to making a living from her home sewing. I was so envious, but super impressed. Her background in marketing definitely shows through in all that she does. When her book was released, I hadn't really done a lot of sewing of stretch fabrics and thought it would be a great place to start. The book's really comprehensive and although it is aimed at beginners, I still go back to it again and again for some of the patterns that I wear a lot. The other great thing about the book is that not only does it include the patterns, but she also has quite a lot in the front part of the book that tells you about things like what equipment to use, what stitches to use, how to sew stretch on a sewing machine. It also gives you an introduction to the different types of stretch fabric, how to measure the percentage of stretch, and some common pattern adjustments for her patterns that are in the book. There's quite a lot of projects in there from skirts to different tops, dresses and even joggers and I've made quite a few of them. They're really straightforward and she has great pictorial instructions as well as step-by-step descriptions of each of the stages. One thing to note though if you do buy the book, the patterns do come on A0 sheets of paper but the pattern pieces are drawn on there and they overlap one another. So this means that you'll have to trace off the patterns to be able to use them. So make sure that you have some tracing paper and that you've got some kind of tracing wheel or something like that to help you do that. I did do a video back in my Tuesday techniques a while ago around how to trace off a pattern. So if you want more details on that, then check out the show notes because there's full links to that in there. So what is the journey dress? Well, the book describes the journey dress as a dress that may look complicated, but it's surprisingly simple to make. The fitted bodice has a stunning draped twist at the front, creating a plunging neckline and a shaped empire waist seam. It has a half circle flare skirt that finishes just above the knee 
and then two sleeve length options, one for three quarter sleeves and one for elbow length. Tilly uses her own pattern sizing charts and her own numbering scheme. So her sizes go from one to eight in this book. And that is a bust size in this case of 76 centimeters or 30 inches up to a bust size of 112 centimeters or 44 inches and a hip size of 84 centimeters or 33 inches up to 119 centimeters or 47 inches. So it gives you a rough idea of the size range that it covers. I'll put full details of the pattern sizing within the blog post for the show notes. So take a look there for more details. It's also worth noting that on this pattern, the garment size for around the bust is actually smaller than your body measurement. The idea of this is that because it's made from stretch fabric, it's using what we call negative ease. So the idea is that the garment is designed to stretch around your bust as it's worn. So it's designed so that it won't be loose. And this is because it will then pull the tie across your boobs and give you a nice fitted shape. But at the waist and the hip, because of the empire waistline, the dress flares out pretty much from just under the bust line to much looser through the waist and hip. When I made this dress, I didn't want it to be too tight across the bust. So I opted for a size five. And the size five has a bust measurement of 96 and a half centimetres or 38 inches. And the finished garment measurement for that is 93 and a half centimetres or 36 and a half inches. My bust measurement is 36. So I went for the size five based on the finished garment measurements rather than my body measurements. So in terms of the fabric, this dress is designed for cotton or viscose jerseys for everyday wear, or can be made from stretch velvet or silk jersey for a more dressy version. And in the book, there are pictures with designs that Tilly has done in the samples where she's used some of those fabrics. The pattern states that any light to medium weight drapey knit fabric with at least 25% crosswise stretch and good recovery will work with this pattern. So that means that it needs to stretch across your body, but not up and down ideally, otherwise it will get longer as the day goes on. And 25% stretch just means that if you take 10 centimetres worth of your fabric and pull it as far as it will go, it needs to stretch out to at least 12 and a half centimetres. I've made this dress in four different fabrics. A striped jersey that feels a bit like a scuba, and you'll see that in some of the pictures. An animal print cotton jersey, a flowery print cotton jersey, which I made for my mum, and a shiny gold foil jersey. So the last one was really more because I was hoping to wear that to a New Year's Eve party. We didn't end up going to the New Year's Eve party and the dress didn't actually suit me. I'll try and put some video or some photos of that onto the Instagram so you can see. So if anybody wants a size 5 gold Joni dress, then just let me know and I'll send it to you. So in terms of how much fabric you need, well, for the smallest two sizes, you can fit the skirt into a fabric width of 45 inches or 115 centimetres. But for all of the sizes, you need the fabric to be at least 51 inches wide or 130 centimetres. And the pattern recommends for the length of skirt that is default, which is just above the knee, to use 2.1 metres of fabric for the elbow length sleeve version or 2.3 metres of fabric for the three quarter length sleeve version. Now, I actually made the dress longer. I made it to below the knee. And so I would probably allow two and a half metres of fabric for that. 
If you have a pattern repeat on your fabric or you want to do any pattern matching, then you may need to allow a bit more fabric for that so that you've got room to maneuver the pieces to get the pattern matching. In terms of other items that you might need to make this dress, one of the first things is clear elastic. Again, I've put a link into the blog post for the type of clear elastic that I've used in the past. And this is to stabilize the shoulders and the waist seams. So anywhere where it's going to take the weight of the dress. And this is so that it doesn't stretch out too much as you're wearing it and it helps to aid the recovery of those particular areas of the garment. There's full instructions in the book about attaching the clear elastic, but really you just need to attach it with a zigzag stitch, but it can take a bit of messing around. You'll also need a jersey needle or ballpoint needle for your stretch fabric. And which needle you choose will depend on which type of fabric that you choose. And you might also want to get a twin needle if you want to create the two lines of stitching around the hem of the skirt and the hem for the sleeve. If you haven't used a twin needle before, they allow you to create a straight stitch hem, but with a zigzag on the wrong side so that the hem stretches with the stretch of the fabric. And it's instead of using a cover stitch machine, which is what they use in industry. If you'd like more information about choosing the right needles for your project, then I've got a guide that you can download. So again, if you go to the show notes for that, then you can get access to it there. So what techniques do you need to make this dress? Well, there are quite a few elements that I think it's worth highlighting. So the first we've already touched on, which is that you need to trace the pattern off. I found that the easiest way to trace off patterns is to put a cutting mat onto my table or some kind of protective surface, then to place some plain pattern paper onto the mat, and then to place the pattern pieces on top of the pattern paper facing up. And then I use a pinwheel, which is like a tracing wheel, but with the little sharp pins in, to go over the outline of the pieces, including the markings such as the grain lines. What this does is it puts holes into the plain paper that's underneath your pattern. And then you can see those once you take the pattern off and you can either highlight those with a pencil so that you can then cut round them, or you can sometimes see them well enough just to cut out the pattern pieces. This is great also for transferring the markings that are in the middle of the pattern piece, because if you use the pinwheel, then it will push through onto your paper and you can see where things like grain lines and other notches and things are from the pattern. If you'd like more information about that, I have done a video called Pattern Jargon and Top Tips for Tracing Off Patterns. And again, a link for that will be in the show notes. So the second technique that you're going to need to use is sewing stretch fabrics. So the book does give lots of great tips on this. So I'm not going to cover that too much here, but I tend to sew up my stretch garments using my sewing machine first, and then I'll finish off any edges or reinforce any seams with my overlocker. There are a few garments that I would sew straight on the overlocker, but these days I tend to try and make them up so that I can just check the fit and then I'll overlock them. Key things to note here is that you can make the whole garment without an overlocker. You can just make it on your sewing machine. To do that, you're going to want to use a zigzag stitch for the seams. I tend to use a stitch width of 1 or 1.5 and a stitch length of 2.5. I'd recommend using a scrap of the fabric that you're going to use and testing out the different stitches and see which one you're happiest with. You want to make sure that when you pull the seam apart, it's not stretching out too much but equally that you've got enough give in the seam itself. On more basic machines, you may just have two or three zigzag options. So for the seams, I'd recommend picking the smallest zigzag option that you have available. I like to use a twin needle for my hems on the skirts and the sleeves. I tend to overlock the edge first, just for neatness, and then I'll turn it up once 
and stitch that with the twin needle. And I tend to use a straight stitch, which has got a length of three, just because it looks nicer. The thing to note though about using the twin needle is that you have to sew it from the right side. And so if you've got the hem turned underneath, you can't always see where the edge of the fabric is. So it can be really helpful just to turn that up and either press it or pin it before you start and then work out on your machine where the guide is for where you want the needles to land. Again, always good to do a practice or a sample just to get your eye in and make sure that you're going to be sewing in the right place to catch up the hem and not miss any parts. The other tip that I will give you as well is, because you're likely to have been sewing with a zigzag stitch before you put the twin needle in, I would highly recommend that you set it back to a straight stitch first because I have ended up using a wide twin needle and then catching that on my machine when I've left it on a zigzag stitch. So top tip, go back to your straight stitch first, then swap your needle over. So the third technique that you might need to use is to stabilize with clear elastic. So if you haven't done this before, the idea of this is to sew roughly about half a centimeter widths of clear elastic onto the seams such as the shoulders and the waist seams. And like I said before, what this does is it gives the fabric some more support to recover. So when you're sewing the elastic onto these parts of the garment, what you want to do is sew it unstretched because you want it to just be in a stable condition and it's just really to act like a way of stopping the garment like stretching out or gaping in these areas. So it can be really helpful to hold a longer piece of the elastic out of the back to kind of get it lined up while you've got your sewing piece on the machine and then to put your needle into the elastic and the fabric to hold it in place while you get started. The fourth technique that you're going to use for this dress is a neck binding. And I think this was the trickiest bit of the make. As sewing neck bindings onto stretch fabrics is not really my favourite. I found that using a straight stitch and not a zigzag worked best for me. And on the striped version that I made, I actually didn't use the binding. I just used an overlocker to neaten the edge of the neck opening. Then I turned it over once and used a twin needle to stitch it instead of using the binding. The fifth technique that you're going to need to do is actually the front twist. So this was actually simpler than I thought it was going to be. You cut the front bodice piece on the fold. So to form the twist, what you do is lay the fabric piece on the table. You keep hold of one side of it and flip the other side, top to bottom. And then do that again to give you two twists. And you end up with the two fabric pieces, the two sides with the right sides showing and a twist in the center. She does give really good descriptions of this in the book. Once you've done that, you then sew the center front seam that's underneath the twist to hold it in place. The sixth technique that you're going to use will be sewing with a twin needle if you choose to do that. So if you decide to sew your hems with a twin needle and you haven't used one before, then try it out on a scrap of fabric first. In fact, I'd always recommend testing all of your stitches on scraps of your project fabric so you can see how they look and decide which settings are best. With a twin needle, you insert it into the usual needle holder on your sewing machine, but you need to then thread it with two threads. A lot of sewing machines have a second thread holder that you can use and you just pop two threads. And I tend to wind a second bobbin of the color that I want to use and then use that spare bobbin as one of my top threads. So you're gonna thread both of the threads at the same time through your sewing machine. So they go through all the different sections of your sewing machine till you get down to the needle and then you separate them out and then you'll put one thread through the left needle or one through the right. You're still going to just use one bobbin in the machine 
And then you're going to set it so that you're going to do a straight stitch and you can choose the length depending on what your preference is. Like I mentioned before, you're going to sew from the right side of the fabric with that showing as you're sewing. So what that means is that the wrong side and the folded edge is underneath. As you sew, the machine's going to create a straight stitch on the top side of the fabric, so on the right side of the fabric. And then when you look at it underneath, you see a little zigzag between the two lines of stitching. And what that does is allow you then to stretch the hem with the fabric without it popping or the thread breaking. But what it also means is because you're sewing and you can't see the edge of your fabric from your turned hem, you need to give yourself some kind of guide so that you know exactly where the needles are going to land to make sure that they catch the fabric from the wrong side of the garment. And other than that, most of the rest of the construction is the same. So when you put the sleeve in, you can sew that in flat, which makes it quite a lot easier. So you attach all of your bits of stabilizing elastic. Then you'll twist your front piece and sew that center front seam. You then sew your shoulder seams and deal with however you want to do the neck, whether you use the binding or whether you just turn it over. You're then going to attach your sleeves in and you can do that flat because this is a stretch garment. And then you're going to sew the side seams of your bodice. And then you just construct the skirt by sewing the side seams together and then attach the skirt to the bodice around the waist seam and then do your usual hemming. So what are my tips for making this dress and what alterations did I make to this particular pattern? Well, I did make a twirl the first time I tried this dress. I used a relatively low cost jersey and I just made the bodice part without the sleeves so that I could practice the twist and then check the fit. I didn't really like where the twist was sitting because it sat kind of above the boobs on me. So I made some changes to the pattern to move that twist so that it sat a bit further down, closer to the middle of my bust. And I just felt that gave me a better fit. So to do that, I made the following alterations. I added some length to the shoulder at the neck edge because I wanted to move the V closer to my neck. I don't like the V being too wide because it doesn't really suit me. So I added three quarters of an inch to the length of the shoulder on the back and the front bodice pieces. I also raised the center back by half an inch at the neckline because I have a rounded back and if the back is too low on a garment, it just seems to make me look like more of a hunchback. So I added a bit more height to the neck so that that would sit in a more flattering position. I adjusted the front neckline to position the twist closer to the bust, as I've mentioned. So that involved making the lower portion of the center front a bit shorter to move the twist down and making the top part a bit longer. I also adjusted the sleeve pattern because I didn't really want to have a standard sleeve. So I added some flare using a slash and spread method to the sleeve to give it a bit more fullness. I also lengthened the skirt because I wanted the skirt to come below my knee. So I added, I think, three or four inches of length to the skirt on my makes. In the blog post for the episode, I've put pictures of all the pattern adjustments that I've made so you can see my version of the pattern and you can also see how I did the sleeve. If you'd like more information on that, then let me know. So if you can't tell already, I do really like this dress. I think the Empire waistline is one of my favourite silhouettes, particularly with this half circle skirt. I just think that's really flattering. I did have to faff about with the twist, particularly on the animal print jersey version, to get it to sit just how I wanted. And that one has stretched out a bit, and I think that's just down to the type of jersey that it is. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's a challenge. If you do buy four-way stretch fabric, 
or if the fabric is a bit looser knit, then it can expand as you're wearing it and that can make it seem like it gets a bit bigger. On the striped version, I ended up putting a stitch above the twist as well, just to get the V-neck to sit exactly where I was happy. But I do get a lot of wear out of these dresses and they are very comfortable, even as my weight fluctuates. I'm particularly proud of my stripe matching on the blue and white stripe version and I do like the chevron effect that this creates. So please, please do go and look at the pictures because I really like this dress and I put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> the only possible downsides I think of this pattern are that you do have to buy the whole book to get it. But at the time of writing, you can pick these copies up of this book for about the same price as you can get a, just a standard pattern. So I think it's great value. And I've made a few, like I say, I've made quite a few items from this and I do make them again and again. I've got several versions of the Frankie baseball t-shirt. I've made quite a few of the Freya sweaters. I've made a Stella hoodie and I've made several of the journey dresses, as you've heard. So I would really recommend it. And it is great for beginners or experienced sewers alike. The only other downside I think is that this dress doesn't have any pockets. And now having also made the Antrim dress, quite a few of those, which does have side seam pockets, I would consider adding pockets to this pattern the next time I make it. So if you'd like more inspiration on sewing jersey fabrics, then if you haven't already done so, I'd recommend going back and listening to episode 30, where I did a fabric spotlight on jersey. Give that a listen. And if you'd like more information on how to lengthen or shorten your pattern, I have a video on that as well. So again, there'll be links in the show notes for that. And if you would like any more help with anything that we've mentioned in this episode, then please do email me at hello at so muchmorefun.co.uk. I do really love to hear from you. And if you have made a twist front dress or top, then please let me know what you've made and what pattern you've used because I'm always on the lookout for great patterns. When I was doing the research for the episode, the other thing that I also found was there are some other twist front patterns that you might like. And you may have seen these in some of the email newsletters from the various different dressmaking suppliers. So the first one is Birda 6911, top and dress. That comes in sizes from 8 to 20. And this was one that was recommended to me by a friend in a sewing class when I was complaining about trying to get the twist right on this particular dress. She happened to say she'd use that pattern, so I did get that as a result of her recommendation. The next one is the Itch to Stitch Zacopane top, which comes in sizes 0 to 40. This was one of the ones that's on my to-do list. This is one that she recently released. Again, I'm not so sure about the position of the twist on that, so I might have to rework it, but definitely worth a try. There's the Fibre Mood Lucille dress, which comes in sizes XS to XXXL, and that's a woven garment that has a twist in the front of the dress. And it's also a pattern that shows a bit of your tummy. So if that's the kind of thing that you like, then fill your boots. The next pattern on my list is the Butterick B6899 top and I just thought that's a really pretty top where the twist is kind of in the centre and it looks like it's got sort of two panels to it. The next one is the Itch to Stitch Nottingham top which is another cute stretch top with a twist kind of at the hip a bit like the version of the, the one that they did in the sewing bee but with the twist a little bit further down. And then finally the Fibre Mood Camille dress which is a really cute dress with a twist at the waist. It's quite a straight-fitting dress, but it's just got this really nice detail in the centre that sort of pulls it in like a star shape into the centre front. So like I say, if you've tried those, then please do let me know. I'd love to know how you got on. And if you can recommend any others, then please get in touch because I'm always on the lookout. 
So that's everything that I have for you today. I hope you do give it a try. And if you'd like any more help with sewing these types of garments or these kinds of fabrics, then please do let me know. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the show notes in the description area of your podcast app and click to follow or subscribe or head over to sewmindful.com forward slash podcast, which is S-E-W-M-I-N-D-F-U-L dot com, where you can also sign up for an email reminder so that you don't miss out on any juicy episodes. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, then please help others find us by leaving a review if you love this episode. And I'm always excited to find out what you got from the episode and how you plan to use the tips. And finally, if you have a question, feedback or a topic you'd like me to investigate, then you can also email me at hello at somuchmorefun.co.uk. So until next time, stay gorgeous and have so much more fun.